Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossat, managing editor, fightfulmma.com. This is your UFC Prague wrap up. A reminder we have live coverage of all the UFC shows, Bellator shows, and live discussion as well with dozens, if not hundreds, of people joining us, participating in this conversation. We're going to do a quick wrap up of uh, UFC Prague today. This was on ESPN Plus, headlined by Tiago Santos and Jan Blahovich, uh, a light heavyweight affair. Uh, we will have the full wrap-up of this show on Tuesday on the Fightful MMA podcast with Showdown Joe. James Lynch will be traveling, but it will also feature a look at the George St. Pierre retirement. It'll take a look at UFC 236 coming together in such quick fashion. Like We've got a lot to talk about on UFC 230, or on uh, Tuesday, rather, for the Fightful MMA podcast. And then next weekend, uh, big UFC pay-per-view. John Jones back in action against Anthony Smith. But let's jump right into this show. The prelims uh, saw Ismagulov defeating Alvarez, uh, Diego Ferreira defeating Rustam Habilov. Uh, that, Rustam Habilov's fall from grace is uh, one to behold, I would say. I thought that Cajun Johnson beat him in September, even though he was this monumental favorite and he had this insane winning streak going on up until then and still does technically. Sandwiched between that rough run when he when once he got to Benson Henderson and Adriano Martins, but he looked like he was he was back on, on the right track. And then I saw that fight against Cajun Johnson and I see this fight today. And I'm thinking, man, something isn't quite right. In my opinion, he's lost two in a row, but he uh, has this six-fight winning streak halted uh, by Diego Ferreira. Ferreira, on the other hand, man, he's uh, now won four in a row. He's not lost since I think I think it's been like four years since he's lost, and he lost to Poirier and Dariush. And even before that, he had beaten some decent fighters, Carlo Prater, Colton Smith, uh, Patino, Ramsey Nijem, on his way up to those losses. So when I look at that, I'm like, man, I put, I put a little bit of stock in that. Not only that, his last win in December, that was like the third opponent that he fought or third opponent he was scheduled against because McDessey uh, pulled out, Jesse Ronson missed weight, and Kyle Nelson showed up, and he he put the pain on Kyle Nelson. So uh, a lot to like about Diego Ferrara right now. Ismail Nardev defeated uh, Mikel Tractor Prezeris. This is one of my I Got Five on It picks. I thought this line was way too wild. And if you put five on Nardev at like plus 400, then you would have got your money back if you put five on all three of those uh, jabronis that I picked, including John Dodson and uh, 
John Volante because they did not win. But uh, Nardayev, man, he got a little bit gassed. He got a little bit tired, but I couldn't put that much stock in him. Uh, Prezeris, man, it, the, the fact that the man could never show up and be a professional and make weight consistently and, and fought being a welterweight for so long said a lot to me. And to be honest with you, I, the Zach Cummings debut at welterweight didn't impress me that much. And I just look back at, honestly, a lot of it came down to him missing weight so much. And traditionally, when fighters like that miss weight so much, so much, so much, I wonder where where their mental state is on any given day. Can they ever adapt and can they ever succeed at that high level on a consistent basis? And Prezeris has. I mean, his last loss was 2015 to Kevin Lee, and I think he had won seven or eight fights since then, but the man's going to be 38 this year. At some point, that wanes, and it definitely waned here against uh, Nardalev. And, or Nardayev, damn, man. And uh, a big win for Ismail as well. I mean, you step into the UFC, this is your first fight. He fought this month. He was in XFN earlier this month, beating a guy who's 15-5-1, so a decent guy in his own right. This is uh, quite the debut to make. I I would have to think long and hard of an opponent who has beaten a better, who who's somebody a debuting fighter who's beaten somebody better like that without a lot of fanfare. Maybe you know, maybe Alex Hernandez beating Dariush, but Dariush was uh, on a big downturn at that stage. <clears throat> Hadzovic defeated uh, Paul Reyes, put the pain on him, finished him in round two. Jillian Robertson, we've interviewed her a lot here on the site. Uh, she did not look great in this fight, but was able to turn things around and uh, get the come from behind rear naked choke win. She's now three and one in the UFC. That's kind of under the radar, but uh, her record is very deceiving. That's something I'll often point out to you guys for the fighters like, like Jillian Robertson, who wasn't a pro three years ago. And when they're like six and three, a lot of the times in the amateur ranks, these women will meet each other along the way. Like Lindsey Van Zant fought Jillian Robertson and lost as, a, as an amateur. I think she had something like nine fights as an amateur. She was eight and one. So that, that nine fight pro record, that six and three is really, really misleading. But never gives up, finds a way to win. Chris Vishgold really just beat the crap out of Daniel Tamer. I got to credit Herb Dean for immediately taking a point. Daniel Tamer held onto the fence and immediately had a point taken away from him. I like this. I thought this was a bit of a mismatch. Oh boy. Uh, this was, I think, Fishgold's 21st pro fight. I think 21st, 22nd. Daniel Tamer came into this fight and he was like 6-2 and two and had lost two in a row. He's probably gone from the UFC. He's lost all three of his fights. Uh, meanwhile, Chris Fishgold is now one and one. He, he had that fight against uh, Calvin Qatar where he had faced a year layoff. So this is more the Chris Fishgold that I expect to see in the UFC, but I also expect him to face uh, a lot tougher competition along the way. Dwight Grant beat Carlo Pedersoli. This was amazing, this finish. Uh, Carlo Pedersoli... Just got put out, man. 
And Peter Soli really badly wants to be, I think, the the Italian face of MMA. He's going to have to go back to the drawing board. He might get cut after this because it's two in a row for him and two first-round losses. His one win was a split-decision win. The way he got into the UFC was a split-decision win over Nicholas Dalby. I think at 25, it's definitely not the end of the road for him by, by any stretch of the imagination. But you look at Dwight Grant and – uh, his first fight in the UFC, he lost a split decision, so you can put a little more stock into that. But he is a, a Dana White contender series contender series product, and the UFC really likes to to give them leash and likes to put them in in positive situations. And this was one for Dwight Grant, despite him being the underdog in this fight. Uh, this one, this finish is worth going out of your way to see. Uh, there's not a ton that's worth going out of your way to see from start to finish. Uh, this is the – all the finishes are worth going out of your way to see. Uh, maybe not necessarily what led up to them, but the finishes that, that happened are. I mean, I can't think of one fight that you just got to watch from start to finish except for Alexa Check and uh, Volante. But this was a, a hell of a finish. And, man, Dwight Grant, another one where <laughs> you don't stop until the final buzzer sounds. Magomed Ankalaev looks like he is something to look out for in the light heavyweight division. He is uh, two and one in his UFC run now, and you got to remember that one loss. He was a huge favorite against Paul Craig. I, I think that's where you go with Ankalaev. You run that back since Paul Craig won that at the very last second with the triangle. I say you run that back after he beat Kidson Abreu. Uh, Abreu is somebody had to lose this fight. I'm not ready to write off Abreu right now. 26- Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Six-year-old prospect in a freshly 26. I think he just turned 26 a couple months ago. Uh, he'll be back, and uh, he should get more of a baseline opponent instead of a higher-level prospect like Ankalaev is. Peter Yan beat John Dodson. Uh, a solid fight. John Dodson's never out of anything. I did think the line was... A little off here, but now Dodson's lost three of four. He's two and four in his last six, and uh, I, I don't see him as a top ten fighter anymore. I do see Peter Yan as a top ten fighter, but I don't see John Dodson as a top ten fighter anymore. And if I were him, I would consider moving back down to flyweight if that is an option. If they're booking the likes of Wilson Hayes against... Uh, in a fight at flyweight, then I would look at John Dodson and I would say, Hey, yeah, maybe I should, should move back because since he's moved up, things haven't been so smooth for him. I I mean, he's got, he's like three and four since he moved to Bantamweight. And before that he was on a tear, a tear at fly. Now I know we beat TJ Dillashaw and that's probably what's in his mind, but he's nowhere near a TJ Dillashaw fight right now. He is so far removed from a TJ Dillashaw fight, it is crazy. 
John Dodson to get a TJ Dillashaw fight would have to be booked on a TJ Dillashaw card. Then would have to be facing somebody who would be the original backup for the TJ Dillashaw fight. And TJ Dillashaw's original opponent would have to fall out. And then John Dodson's opponent would have to fall out. Oh, by the way, Dodson would have to make sure to make the championship weight too. That's the only way he's getting a TJ Dillashaw fight at this point. So I would see what's up and maybe move down. Why not? Liz Carmouche, man, this is a boring fight. I don't see how anybody thought that Lucy Pudilova was going to win this. I really don't. I had Carmouche winning this. She's won four or five. There is not a lot to talk about here. I was shocked that so many people had Pudilova favored in this, especially after the Aldana performance, especially even after the, the Landsberg performance. I know she had a couple of, of good wins, in, like between 2017 and 2018, but not a lot to talk about here. Liz Carmouche won this. Alexa Check, man, did he cripple John Vellante with that hook to the body. That was filthy. Just filthy, my friends. Worth going out of your way to see there. Uh, John Vellante uh, falls to 17 and 11. Somebody in the live chat says maybe getting his walking papers. I would be surprised. Light heavyweight depth. He's uh, yeah, he's six and seven in the UFC, but two and two in his last four. They'll probably make him lose two or three in a row before they they ask him to hit the bricks. Meanwhile, Mikhail Alexachek is a guy that you can throw on a card like this. He is technically unbeaten in his two UFC fights. I like him. Uh, he looks good. Stefan Struve now. I haven't watched the post show yet. I don't know what Stefan Struve said there. But in the cage, after uh, his Marcos Rogerio de Lima win, he said that he may hang him up. Now, here's the thing. Stefan Struve got cracked so hard he couldn't even remember what happened in the first round. Came back, won via arm triangle, a nice win, and one that he needed. He had lost three in a row, something that he pointed out. He just turned 31. And he's like, man, a lot of people hang around too long. I don't buy for a second. I don't buy for a second that he's wrapping it up. Do I think that he should? Probably. He's not getting any better. There's nothing that I've seen out of Stefan Struve in the last, God, I would say seven years that has shown me that he has improved as a fighter. Pardon me. <coughs> Since that Stipe Miocic win, I feel like he's coasted. Sure, he's beaten Antonio Rodrigo Nogueira. He's beaten Bigfoot Silva. Neat, man. Nothing that I've seen shows me that he can hang at the, the top 10. Mark Hunt beat him. Alistair Overeem beat him. Volkov beat him. Even Arlovsky beat him. Tibura beat him. <clears throat> I think it's time for uh, – I, I don't think Struve will hang it up. If he does, I, I completely understand, but I don't buy it at all. And if I were him, he could probably get two or three more fights, six figures, six, probably 50 to 75 grand just fighting. You move to Bellator, probably get 100K just for fighting. Tiago Santos defeated Jan Blahovich. Uh, Blahovich went to the legs an awful lot. Likewise with Santos – uh, Santos just waited him out, waited out two rounds before countering Blahovich, cracking him, 
finishing him. I didn't see Santos being that patient, but I'm really glad that he was. Blahovich ends a four-fight winning streak that saw him beat Manawa and Krylov. Meanwhile, uh, Santos has beaten Eric Anders, Manawa, and Blahovich, which I, I see all as legit light heavyweight wins. Uh, Eric Anders, don't know if you all saw, is announced for a light heavyweight fight now. It seems like he is a part of that division. Uh, Jimmy Manawa, obviously a legit win. And then he beats Blahovich. That That's three finished wins at, at light heavyweight. Oh, by the way, at middleweight, Tiago Santos has a win over the guy competing for the championship next week. So I think that, that Tiago Santos has to be in the conversation at this point because he's 3-0. and He's beaten Anthony Smith. When, when you look at that, you, you got to say he is in that, uh, that, that topic of possible light heavyweight title contenders. I got to throw Dom Reyes up there. He's a name that's emerging. Gustafson, nope. He just lost. Get him out of there. I don't want him picking off a contender either. Uh, you, you look at some of the other names. You got Johnny Walker emerging. He's on that show. But um, Ozdemir, nope. He got beat by Anthony Smith. Got beat by Cormier. He's nowhere near it. I would maybe do Cormier or uh, Gustafson and Ozdemir if you could. Tiago Santos is a name that y'all got to watch, and uh, he, he's one that's – they've got all these guys that just pop up, and within a year they're in contention for a title, and that's okay to me. I'm completely fine with that. I'm definitely not hating on that. Johnny Walker, Dom Reyes, Ian Cutalaba, Tiago Santos, they're all in right now. I look at Ozdemir, I look at Gustafson, I look at uh, Manawa, and I say get the hell out. If you all want to fight amongst yourselves, that's fine. Do it. I'm not going to stop you. Cormier is not going to fight a light heavyweight. Get him out of those rankings. I think there's a real odd rankings situation in, in that company right now. And I really think it needs to be rectified because uh, you got Corey Anderson. He's won three in a row, and he's beaten Teixeira. He's beaten Latifi. He's beaten Cummins. He should be ranked higher than he is. Latifi uh, probably should have been ranked higher than what he is. You got a log jam there of names that have competed and stayed near the top, like like Ozdemir and Gustafson. Yeah. But that that old guard is starting to move out. Cormier is probably not fighting there anymore. I I often talked about how the middleweight rankings were going to look so different than what they were, and now they do. Or the welterweight, yeah, the, the middleweight rankings. You got Machida out of there. You got Belfort out of there. You got Bisping out of there. Uh, Rockhold's no longer uh, going to be in those rankings anymore. He's going to be a light heavyweight. Things are changing a light heavyweight. Things are changing. Remember, join us Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Leave us a thumbs up. Fightful. Subscribe. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.